No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah predicts that Babylon will be humbled for their failure to show mercy to God's people. They trusted in wickedness, feeling secure, but evil would come upon them. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 47 on Simply the Bible. The Bible tells us in James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Nowhere do we see this more clearly demonstrated than how God would deal with the kingdom of Babylon. It is a symbol for the past and also the future of how those people or nations who exalt themselves will be humbled. When Isaiah prophesied about Babylon, it was barely a blip on the map. It would be a little over a hundred years before the Babylonians would invade Jerusalem. We continue in Isaiah chapter 47. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Remove your veil. Take off your skirt. Uncover the thigh. Pass through the rivers. Your nakedness will be uncovered. Yes, your shame will be seen. I will take vengeance and I will not arbitrate with a man. Now, Babylon had experienced an unbroken chain of victories and had become intoxicated with her own success. As she conquered kingdoms, she also multiplied her wealth and opulence. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon were considered one of the seven wonders of the world. The words virgin daughter portrayed the people of Babylon as being a young, innocent girl. It probably referred to the fact that the walls of Babylon had never been breached. She had experienced wealth, royalty, and success, but now she would sit on the ground without a throne. No more would she be considered tender and delicate, for she would go into captivity. The Babylonians had grown accustomed to be waited on hand and foot, but now they would be humbled and grind meal for someone else. They would remove their fine clothing and pass through rivers as they were led away as captives. Their nakedness being uncovered probably was a reference to the women being raped, as was often the case with an enemy invasion. God would take vengeance and accept no intercession on their behalf. In other words, his mind was made up. Verse 4, As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. This seems to be a spontaneous cry of joyful praise as the Jewish captives in Babylon would know that finally they were being released. This would have been a similar reaction to what the people at the end of World War II did who were freed from their Nazi occupiers by the Allied troops. But the Jews gave glory to Yahweh of the armies of heaven who was their Redeemer. Sit in silence and go into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. 
for you shall no longer be called the lady of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I have profaned my inheritance and given them into your hand. You showed them no mercy on the elderly. You laid your yoke very heavily and you said, I shall be a lady forever so that you did not take these things to heart nor remember the latter end of them. Babylon was known as the Lady of the Kingdoms. Babylon had its roots in the Tower of Babel, and Babylon in Scripture is symbolic of the world system that opposes God. In the book of Revelation, we are told that in the future, God will judge the religious, political, and commercial system known as Mystery Babylon. This Babylon will no longer be called the Lady of the Kingdoms, but is called the Great Harlot. Now, God was angry with his people, Judah, for their idolatry and disobedience, so he gave them over to the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, whom God called my servant because he was doing God's bidding as being God's disciplinary agent. But the Babylonians took it too far, showing no mercy to the Jews. They were cruel and placed a heavy burden on the elderly. They lived in self-indulgence at the expense of those they mistreated and did not consider the outcome of their actions. They felt like they would live forever and did not perceive that they would face the judgment of God. Their success seduced them into a state of arrogant complacency. They did not consider that they would have to give an account. King Nebuchadnezzar embodied this arrogance when one day he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon, and as he looked across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. And while these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. So for the next seven years, Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind and grazed like a cow until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. Then he looked up to heaven and his sanity returned and he praised the Lord. And he declared, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the King of Heaven. All his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble the proud. Yes, he knew all about that. But unfortunately, Nebuchadnezzar's descendants did not take this to heart, but were lifted up in pride. Verse 8, Therefore hear this now, you who are given to pleasures, who dwell securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one else besides me. I shall not sit as a widow, nor shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to you in a moment, in one day. 
the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in their fullness because of the multitude of your sorceries for the great abundance of your enchantments. Now in their wealth, complacency, and pride, the Babylonians had opportunity to give themselves to pleasure. This is also one of the signs of the last days. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that in the last days, people would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And we see this all around us. People are not looking to God and his word as their standard. They're seeking to indulge themselves. And if it feels good, do it. Now, it's difficult for us not to be enticed and seduced by the powerful allurement of pleasure as we see it all around us. But the Babylonians were so intoxicated by their pleasures that they were completely self-absorbed. They said, I am and there is no one else besides me. Those who are so self-absorbed that they lose their compassion and concern for others are ripe for judgment. Babylon thought that she would neither lose her husband nor children, but she would lose both in one day when King Cyrus of Persia would invade Babylon. Now, during the days of Daniel and his three friends, God proved himself superior to all the Babylonian magicians, astrologers, and sorcerers. King Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged this, but those who came after him returned to their sorceries and enchantments rather than to the Most High God. When people reject the true and living God and do not listen to his word, then they are open to all kinds of spiritual deception. Verse 10. For you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge have warped you. And you have said in your heart, I am, and there is no one else besides me. Therefore, evil shall come upon you. You shall not know from where it arises and trouble shall fall upon you. You will not be able to put it off and desolation shall come upon you suddenly which you shall not know. Now, this is the thing. No one is immune from God's judgment. When a person trusts in wickedness, then wickedness is what they shall receive. Evil shall come upon them. They had practiced their secret wisdom and knowledge, thinking that it would save them, but it only warped their minds and led them astray into ever-deepening darkness, which is what Satan's lies will always do. And as they delighted in evil, evil would come upon them. They said, no one sees me, which of course is a lie, because even Nebuchadnezzar was told that there were watchers that were watching him. And when he declared what he did in pride, they said, okay, that's it, dude, you're done. You're going to go graze grass for the next seven years. But everything that we do is out in the open before the one to whom we will give an account. Verse 12, stand now with your enchantments and the multitude of your sorceries in which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to profit. Perhaps you will prevail. You are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves 
from the power of the flame. It shall not be a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Thus shall they be to you with whom you have labored. Your merchants from your youth, they shall wander each one to his quarter. No one shall save you. And so all of the things they would look to, they would look to the astrologers, the sorcerers. You know, even today, it's crazy that there are newspapers that carry horoscopes. This is nothing but pure folly and spiritual deception. And it won't do anything to comfort you or give you wise counsel. So God said, you think that that's going to be a a fire that will bring you comfort? No, it will be a fire that will set you on fire. And all the merchants that you look to, to trade your wares, to earn your profits, they will be of no value to you in the day of judgment. And that is true. We look today and we see so many people who are seduced by the spirit of Babylon, who look to this world's wealth and pleasures to sustain them. And they imagine that their wealth is a strong tower against anything that can come down the pike. But that's not true. And in the end, the only thing that can save us is trusting in the Lord God Almighty, who has sent his Redeemer, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for our sins. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. And please leave us a review. Next week, we will see where God calls out Israel on her obstinance. She heard God's words but did not know them. Yet the Lord would refine her and redeem her from Babylon for His own sake. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.